0: Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at TaylorConstructionEquipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at Super Talk. FM or wherever it is you get podcasts from, we appreciate all you guys out there. Our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. Want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-through over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville, or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Bear Creek. That would be a little weird. Is that another subdivision that you picked out? No, no. It's it, it, I don't know what it is, but it, it's between uh, Utica and Crystal Springs on Highway 27. I'm glad we confirmed
1: that I was correct. Yeah. But you were talking about subdivisions. Look, I just go to
0: the map, and I click on something. I, don't, I, don't, I, I, don't I thought it was strange. Thought. I
1: didn't know there was like a reunion Mississippi or whatever. Wow. But I, I was correct. Those were subdivisions you were calling out. Annandale. Annandale. And in the
0: shopping malls, <laughs> in the backroom halls, conform or be cast out.
1: Does Rush have a uh,
0: Bear Creek song? I don't like think it? so. You know, <laughs> but if they do, it would be awesome. Brew Creek. Yeah. Now that's stuck in my head. Subdivisions <laughs> <laughs> stuck in my head.
1: <laughs> I'm gl- I'm also glad that we have Sh- the Shane. On- <laughs> do, 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 do. I'm glad we have Shane on board now with the Arby's and, and Brubies. Uh, strange- <laughs> Tell me you would not need it, Brewies. I would. So what all right, p- that's that's enough fun for today. Right, okay, enough. let's get to business. We got all the fun out in the first two minutes. Oh gosh! All right, we got to get to business here. Strange Brew this Coffee is a, House. This is a serious is a, podcast.
0: Serious business here. Strange Brew Coffee House is serious about your about your coffee, and if you don't drink it, you're gonna die in hell. That's serious enough. You, got a, you thought the coffee was hot <sniffs> until you're on the lake of fire. <laughs> so buy the coffee, com, or you'll pay for eternity.
1: <laughs> if we're going to be this serious, Brian, we're going to start charging for this podcast.
0: <laughs> Should I start as Patreon? Might as well. Join our Patreon where you can get special privileges. Like, we will call your house and insult you personally. Since we're supposed to be taking orders from just random people at this point. I seriously would do that. Like, please put your phone number in the Patreon, and Robbie and I will call you and call you a piece of garbage (laughs) right to your face. (laughs) Hey, is this Bob? Hey, we got your $10 donation. You son of a. (laughs) Put your wife on. You married this guy? All right. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you're looking for. As I'm sitting here looking at this map of Hines County, because that's, uh, that's where Bear Creek is. Uh,
1: I'm telling you, you, you have picked another subdivision, I think.
0: Bear Creek, is. there's no way that Bear Creek, <laughs> Bear Creek is in Hines County between Utica and Crystal Springs on Highway 27. That is okay, not a subdivision. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, but it has a subdivision <laughs> name,
1: <laughs> Getty no. Lee. Yeah. Oh.
0: Two locations. Now you're just <laughs> trying
1: to piss this guy off. Two
0: locations to serve you. They're original by Fleet Feet, flowing by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at CollegeCornerStore.com. Restaurant Tyler is Starville's flagship restaurant. Lunch, dinner, Sunday brunch, the best meal in town is at Restaurant Tyler. They have one of the best blue plates. They have the best in the Startville, One of the best in the state, guys. Great choices for, for the meats, veggies, great cornbread there, the sweet potato cornbread, which is so unique. And, of course, it's you. You're asking, so what kind of sweet potatoes? Vardaman sweet potatoes, the, the best kind from right here in Mississippi. That's the great thing about Restaurant Tyler. is you know, if there's a Mississippi product, they're going to be using a Mississippi farm-raised catfish, uh, a lot of their, all most of their, all their vegetables and produce—it's as local and as fresh as you can get it. Nobody doing it better than Restaurant Tyler. Priority One Bank—I saw a, a Priority One billboard today. Voted the number one place to work in the state of Mississippi, so that's cool. Nice. If you're looking for a job? Go work at Priority One Bank. They'll treat you right, and of course, they treat their customers right too. Banking locally, guys—it's important. It's just as important as shopping and eating locally. It's what builds strong communities. So. If you live in Central Mississippi, there's a Priority One Bank location near you. Go to PriorityOnebank.com to find the location nearest you. Open your account today. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Robbie Falk and I were wrong. We were both confident in this Mississippi State football team. We were both thought that this was a team that was going to be very successful in 2023, and the early returns on that are not good. Now, could we end up being right by the end of the season? Sure. Things could turn around. But right now, we're not, we're, we are definitely wrong. And on this podcast, we strive to be right. We don't, we don't like to be wrong. So, why are we wrong, Robbie? Why are we wrong? Start, let's start with the defense. That's why we're wrong. Mm-hmm. That's the main reason we're wrong. Mm-hmm. That we, we were not in tune with what this defense was really going to look like this year.
1: Yeah, because I think that when we talked about the offense, I think we were both kind of in the, like, prove it stage. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we felt good about the pieces, and I certainly thought that Will Rogers could play in this offense and make Mississippi State productive, but we thought that it would be some ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Defense is where we felt like they, were, they weren't going to miss much of a beat. Mm-hmm. And that was, in, in fact, wrong. This defense is not good. And I think there's plenty of blame to go around. I, you know, coaching probably has something to do with it. I mean, there's obviously seems to be a drop-off from Zach Arnett to Matt Brock. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, you just don't have the, the pressure that you need up front. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's been the biggest issue. Is State has not been able to get the pressure that they need from their front three, most especially, the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's affecting everything. That the, if your defensive line can't get pressure, it affects every level. Your linebackers, cornerbacks, your de- your safeties, everybody gets affected by that. Mm-hmm. You're not getting to the quarterback. You're giving him time in the pocket. You're allowing wide receivers to get open, plays to develop. They just haven't been able to put it all together there. And I, you know, it, it's it's a little strange because the defensive line, you know. I guess one of the guys that was kind of a question was Nathan Pickering because he hasn't spent, you know, he said maybe one full season. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been a starter. So that was kind of a question mark. He's been, to me, one of the better linemen. Yeah. So I don't know what, I think where it really has hit is at that defensive end spot. Mm-hmm. You know, Randy Charlton you had some you had a few issues last year at that spot with him too not getting enough pressure but he had a he was pretty productive and so losing Randy Charlton you know you, they haven't been able to step up even to his level of play there and then the same linebacker spot has been a huge issue Tyrus Wheat if you look at his numbers he had good numbers but nothing earth-shattering just the simple fact of flushing a guy out of the pocket um, Every now and then you know forcing him to throw it early I mean Tyrus Wheat was back there a lot And they haven't found anybody that can get that kind of pressure I think that's why you saw Don Terry Russell Just trying to find somebody That might be able to slip into the backfield And create some issues And uh, you know that, that That's still kind of a work in progress But defense has certainly been a reason Why we've been wrong on this team
0: Reason number two For me anyway is Will Rogers. I, I think <clears throat> at this moment it's fair to, to label Will Rogers as a system quarterback. That in the confines of the air raid and then what that asked Will Rogers to do, he was fine, he could he could win you ball games, but this system is not working for him. And so the idea that I had back in June, which was if Rogers can thrive in this new system. He's going to prove all of his doubters wrong. He'll make himself a strong candidate for the NFL. That has not happened. He he has he has struggled in this system. He's been incredibly inconsistent week to week, and that's a big part of why I'm wrong about my prediction. Yeah, for sure
1: it it is. Um, and that was kind of the thought process coming into the year: is can Will Rogers take this offense, you know, and and run with it, and. We've seen some good in it, but we've also seen even more consistencies than what he had in the air raid. And and listen, he had there were some issues in the air raid too, but he operated much more comfortably in that offense than he has in this one. And I thought this offense would take some pressure off of him. Mm-hmm. That was what, that was my main. I did too. That was my main sticking point. Is I think this offense because you're going to be able to run the ball. Defenses aren't going to be you know dropping back in coverage and all that, you're going to keep defenses a little more off balance than you would in the air raid. But it seems like he's even more pressured. And maybe that's the fact that, you know, he's kind of a, a pocket guy. He's not a guy that's going to get out. If he does get out of the pocket, there's not going to be a whole lot of plays develop out of it. Um, he just kind of looks like, you know, square peg in the round hole with his offense. Mm-hmm. And that's what you wanted to avoid, and it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. It looks like they're they're going to struggle at times. I, I don't, you know, it's not going to be the case every week. Mm-hmm. I do think that he has the potential to have really good weeks, like we saw at South Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, I I could see that happening at Arkansas. I could see that happening, you know, against um, you know some other teams as well, but. You know, against really good defenses, defenses that can get pressure on him. They're in trouble just because I, I just don't think you have the elusiveness there, the guy that can get out of the pocket. And that's a problem for Mississippi State in this offense. Because what we've seen so far is this offense needs a guy that can move a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, when Mike Wright's in there, you know, he looks – the offense flows. We haven't seen him in a – you know – called pass situation much. Mm-hmm. Most of it's RPO based but it just looks like you could do a whole lot with a running quarterback and right now you're just kind of hamstrung there. And it's unfortunate. It, it really is. Um, this is a guy that's chasing an all-time conference record and no matter what you think about it being the system and you know the air raid gets yards or whatever, it's still a conference record. Mm. And the greatest conference in football Will Rogers has a chance to be the all-time leading passer. Um and I hope he gets it. I really do. Yeah. But it's it's kind of unfortunate that, you know, this season it's playing out this way.
0: I'm trying to think how to put the next one. Because I feel like we're just sort of like hitting on the same kind of things, but <clears throat> I think that another reason we were wrong is that Brock and Barbe have not slid in as 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 well as I would hope they would have. Uh we we just talked about the defense, but you know, when you when you bring back all of your players that or the, that state brought back and you keep the same coaching staff, you just expect things to look the same. And for whatever reason, the first go round as a coordinator for Brock is not working out, and I feel like Barbe is is, is having trouble finding his feet as well. Because what we've seen from him these last two weeks was not what we saw the first two weeks, the first mm-hmm. three weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't know why things have changed so much over the first, the, you know, the offense that he ran against South Carolina and even against Alabama is an offense that can win games for Mississippi State. The offense he ran against LSU and really the offense mm-hmm. he ran against Arizona, that is not an a offense that Mississippi State can win with. So, which is the real offense?
1: I, I think we've seen, I mean, it could very well go back to it, but mm-hmm. this is back-to-back weeks that they've had a competent-looking they they offense. They've good, yeah. I mean, I know Alabama threw three interceptions, all that, but for the most part, it wasn't just three and outs the whole time. Uh, the team didn't look you know, scared the whole time on offense. Like, that was the best – one of the best this best games this offense has had. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad to say that, but it's yeah. one of the best offensive games this team has had Against Alabama since Nick Saban's been there, mm-hmm. and very low bar again. But I think that's a step in the right direction because I, I don't think this defense, the defense of Alabama, is is bad or mediocre. I think they're good. So to put seventeen on them, and you have a chance to score more. Yet you, you had plenty of opportunities to score more. That to me was encouraging. I t- I took some positives away from that game. And Kevin Barbe, it does look like he's kind of settling in, and he's had a transition, which is normal. This is his first time being an offensive coordinator in the SEC. He's worked in the SEC, but not to this extent. And I I loved the other night that he came out and stuck to his guns, talking about that last possession before halftime, Mm -hmm. saying you can't beat Alabama playing conservative. We wanted to score right there. Didn't work out, unfortunate, but that's what we wanted to do. I think he's starting to kind of come into his own a little bit. I hope he is. Um, but you still have the idea of, you know, you got a mobile quarterback over here that's played a lot of SEC ball games. He's got to get more involved. Why, why, what's the disconnect there? That's my one question about Kevin Barbet. You, you talk about putting the best 11 players on the field. If Mike Wright gives you the best chance to win by playing him more in a ball game, why is he not in there? why why is he not getting a full possession. And again, this isn't this isn't to push Will to the side. This isn't to make the change. But you have a totally different style quarterback that can allow your offense to be multiple and do some different things. It, right now with your offense being, you know, what it is and being inconsistent at times, what's the worst that can happen? like allowing him a few possessions, see what he can do and change things up. That's my one question about Kevin Barbet is, is he willing to do whatever it takes to win? Because if, that, if, if Mike Wright gives you a, a better chance to win the ball game, he mm-hmm. should be playing more.
0: We're going to talk a lot about Mike Wright on tomorrow's podcast. Well, I, I got, we're going to go in on that a little bit. Um, beyond the things that we, we've talked about here today, is there anything else that stands out as like why why did we miss so badly? what did, What did we see or not see that the people who don't cover this program daily saw or didn't see?
1: I think that they were I think they were super um like surface level on it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they were thinking deeply. I think they were saying the same thing that they always say. I think they just happened to be right that's that's my opinion.
0: I think it's one of those, Most you know, of them
1: didn't even know, yeah. mo- most of them had no clue, like, when you a- when you asked them questions about it, why do you feel this way? Like, they were saying things that didn't make sense. So I think it just turned out to be that they were correct, and we were wrong on it. I think it's just, that's just how it worked out this time. I don't think they, they were, it's not like they, you know, had inside knowledge on things mm-hmm. that we didn't know. I just think they just happened to get it right this time, and we got it wrong. When you, when you make the same prediction for you know 10 straight years, eventually you're going to get right about it. Um, but you know I think what they were saying was, and it came true, Zach Arnett, you know has never been a head coach. It, he hasn't proven anything. you know you got a new defensive coordinator, you got a new offensive coordinator it, it just it doesn't look like yeah on the surface, it's going to work right away. And then you know, I think Cole Kubelick actually had some valid points that we were naive about mm-hmm. about the offensive line making the switch to this offense, and mm-hmm. and um, you know that is a bit of a transition. So um, you know maybe that's maybe that's how it worked out.
0: If I told you we could change one thing about Mississippi State, and that's you get choose between the defense is going to play at a higher level, or the quarterback position is going to play at a higher level. Which would you pick? You can only pick one. Which do you feel makes the state more successful?
1: Does the defense have enough players that it would make
0: it, make a difference? Well, I mean, in this scenario, I got a magic wand, I guess. So you just say the defense gonna, play. starting Saturday they're going to become a top half of the SEC defense. I would say defense.
1: Really? Yeah. The offense, to me, especially the last two weeks, has played well enough. Like I, I think that you can live with Will Rogers. You can you can win games with Will Rogers. Mm. That there's obviously going to be a cap. I, I don't think that you. I don't think that they're they were going to win the SEC West mm. or anything like that. But you know, against against LSU, it was kind of both sides of the coin. You know, the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. Mm. Um, you know, if the defense is top half of the league play in LSU and limits them to, you know, 24 points, which means they're not on the field as much and the offense has a little more, um, it's not pressing as much, that might be a different ball game. That might be a different-looking game in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, against Alabama, if you're able to slow them down a little bit, you're able to get pressure on Milrow, who knows what that game would have been. So, you know, if State, if you're talking top half of the league, they're going to be, you know, top five. So, you know, put that into perspective of what we've seen in the past with Mississippi State and, like, go back to, um, you know, 2014 Alabama. The State held them in the 20s. They had a chance to win that game. 2013 Alabama, State played them really well defensively. They just couldn't score. You know, some of those games where the, the defense has held Alabama in check, 18, that 18 Bama team was one of the best offenses ever. That's not the offense that Mississippi State played the other day. Mm-hmm. So, with a defense like that, you've, won, you've beat South Carolina. Yeah. And who knows what you did against Alabama. And you're sitting there possibly, I don't know, four, uh, four and one, five and one, whatever it is right now. Four and one. Four and one. Yeah. That's a pretty good spot to be in moving forward because you have teams ahead that are not super scary on the offensive side of the ball.
0: Are we going to be doing a, another podcast at the end of November called Why We Were Wrong When We Said We Were Wrong? That'd be nice. It would be nice. Do you think we're going to be doing it? <laughs> uh, the Arkansas game is the, is yeah, the game. Is. Yeah. These next, next After this weekend, the, the season – you remember in 2019 when it was, you looked at the schedule and they had back-to-back at Auburn, at Tennessee, and we were all like, that's where the, yep. that's where the season is. Mm-hmm. And they went 0-2. Yep, This is the same thing. They're gonna be. They should be three and three going to that game. If you're two and zero, fantastic. If you're one and one, you can still work with it. If you're zero and two, it's over, and it's you start asking big questions. One of which we're gonna ask in our in our next little segment here. What after was it, what did they do in
1: nineteen at Auburn?
0: They, they got creamed. Remember that we were up there. They they were they were down like twenty one nothing. That's right. They Garrett started. Tom... Schrader, they started Tommy Stevens and he was not good. And they brought in Schrader and he played okay, but at that point it was already like thirty one seven. Yeah, that. You started thinking at that point, like, I mean, because Bo Nix
1: had not been good. Yeah. Like, he was just kind of average, and you made him look incredible. Yes, yeah.
0: And then, of course, the next week they went to Tennessee and laid a huge egg against a bad Tennessee team. So, that was bad. We'll see what happens. All right, let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. When you're firing up the grill this weekend while you're watching college football, nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. What did I What did they have the other day at, at Kroger? They had they had um some they had some skirt steak and flank steak, guys. Ooh. If you're if you're like let's make some tacos, skirt steak, flank steak, those are the ones to make yeah. the, the carne asada. Some fajitas. Fajitas. Yes. And I said every every time I go to Kroger, man, they've got some different kind of cuts of steak out there and they're always good value. They do have a really good meat
1: department. They there.
0: do. And it's not just ribeyes and strips, man. They've got flank steaks and, and, and strip steaks or sorry, sorry, skirt steaks. They have flat iron steaks out there. They they got a lot of good stuff. So check it out. And that's just beer in Starkville. I mean, if you live in a bigger city, you got a lot more options, and they're all awesome. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends of the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked Southern soul food. This weekend, get out when you, when you leave Davis Wade Stadium, you're looking for a place to hang out, to sort of post up the rest of the day, you can't go wrong heading over to Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Grab some food, grab a cold drink, and of course, watching college football, it doesn't get any better than that. Sitting right in the heart of the Cotton District would be a fantastic day to people watch after a Bulldog victory. Make sure a trip to Two Brothers is on your, uh, what's the word, agenda. That's the word I was looking for. That'll work. This weekend, Two Brothers smoked meats, smoked southern soul food. Great products and great services is what every business likes to promise you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they have for 48 years. Guys, nobody stays open that long unless you can guarantee they're taking care of their customers. doesn't matter how good their products are. doesn't matter how nice the people are to your face. If they don't back up their 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 sales with great service, nobody's keeping the doors open that long. So you can trust what you get with Advantage Business Systems. That's what they, they are promising you, and they've got the receipts to back it up. Give them a call, 601-362-9192, or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. <clears throat> the Collegiate Collection at The Rogue, they've got your next pullover or polo for Mississippi State. We are as we're recording this, one month away from the interlocking MSU game with Kentucky, get a new polo, a new pullover, get it at the Rogue. They have a great selection of Peter Millar polos, uh, maroon, white, black, gray. They've got them all, and they've got that great interlocking MSU logo. So for a quality shirt with a great logo and, of course, incredible service that they give you at the Rogue, you just can't go wrong. Shop at the Rogue in Jackson or look online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. So I asked in the last segment there, you know, what are we going to be talking about at the end of the season? Are we going to be coming back to this night and saying, okay, we were wrong when we said we were wrong? Well, what if we're right? What if we're right 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 now and it doesn't turn around for Mississippi State? We've talked, sort of talked around the idea, the concept that Mississippi State might be willing to move on from Zach Arnett in year one. Today, Andy Staples, who's a great guy, good friend. I see him. I feel like people say good friends sometimes, and they're not actually good friends. I know Staples. Like I, he and I aren't exactly hanging out on the weekends or anything. But my guess is, if I texted him, I was like, "Hey, I'm going to be in the. I think he lives in Atlanta. Like, you want to you want to grab a beer, my treat? He would be like, "Yeah, let's do that." You think so? I think so. I think you would.
1: You're, you're on first name basis. Like he yeah, calls yeah. he calls you oh, oh, Brian. Let's put it this way.
0: One time I. Th- the first, home, the first football game in the pandemic here in Mississippi was played at USM. They played a Thursday night game against South Alabama. We did a remote from that game because we were like, first game, let's, let the, let's make sense, right? Yeah. I looked up at one point, Andy Staples was there. He was walking towards me, and he's like, hey, Brian. So I assume Andy Staples knows who I am.
1: Did he talk to you at media days?
0: yes. Yes, and he sat down with us, and, and we. I, I made the comment about his podcast being in sports news, and how he ruined it for me. Yeah, thanks a lot, Andy. Thanks a lot, Andy. Maybe I don't like Andy. Um,
1: <laughs> no wrote, longer your good friend.
0: <laughs> he's such a nice guy, though. Um, he wrote an article today about hot seat coaches. That now, was that was by him. By him. Okay. So for for one three sports, are you familiar with one three? I've heard of it. Okay, um, and so some of the names on there are, are the usual suspects: Mike Gundy, uh, Neil Brown, who's having a great year. He talk, he talks about how some of these guys were on the hot list and now they're not. And then to his credit, he he throws Arnett on there.
1: He's which which I you know he's got to have some kind of bug in his ear. Yeah, uh, you don't you don't throw first year coaches on that, well,
0: and that's the thing he says. Status, incredibly perilous for a first-year coach. So what you just said is an interesting point, though, because somebody had to say something to him. Mm-hmm. Because why others would you look? Yeah. Otherwise, you're just like, Zach Arnett's in his first year. Why am, I, exactly. why am I sending a Freedom of Information request to Mississippi State to see his contract when he's in his first year? Yeah. So there's something to what you just said. Mm-hmm. Something that you guys need to think about. That, as fans, we're going to give you a little inside baseball. When a big-name writer like Staples, Pete Famel, uh, Bruce Feldman, when they say something that seems like it's a little out of the blue, someone has given them that information. Yeah. Someone has pointed them in that, in that direction and said, this is a possibility. Maybe you want to go ahead and get out in front of it. Yes. All right? Because Same thing with, I saw Tom Fernelli tweet this today, and this is the truest thing. He's like, Hey, guys, if Urban Meyer is going to get hired at Michigan State, it's definitely not going to be one of the many national college football reporters who have every agent and coach in their contact list. It will definitely be someone you've never heard of. But
1: people fall for that they every, fall for time. It every year. The first people to say somebody's name yeah. Is, is, yeah. When you, is some when you, random. When you
0: see, you know, CFB Raw Dogs have tweeted that it's not, that's not, they're not correct. Now, they may, they may end up being correct, but they guessed. Yeah. And it just worked out for him. We we always see that one guy. And then, then they want credit. They're like, "Oh, you got to credit CFB Raw Dogs yeah. for that." And then you've been the, raw dogged. And then there's that. God,
1: <sighs> I don't think my mom knows what that is. She doesn't. So we're, we're good. She's going to um, ask
0: you now. You shouldn't have said anything. No, she won't. Hey, Robbie, what's what does that mean? <laughs> Pick the thought of you having to explain that to her. Ah. It's. Weird. Ah. Really funny. To me. <laughs> ah! I think my best, I think my favorite part of that, my idea in my head right now, would be if your dad just slowly turned and was like, "Well, honey, what that is?" Uh, he doesn't know either. <laughs> if Big Daddy knew, though, that would be really funny. Anyway, so let me read a little bit of what Andy had to say. Again, this article is at On Three Sports. Uh, Arnett got a four-year deal that pays three million a year. We all knew that. Uh, his buyout calls for him to get fifty percent of the remaining contract. That means Mississippi again, State, super specific. This is, he, this he's, is from the he's contract. got the he's got the contract. Yeah, that means Mississippi State would owe Arnett four point five million over three years if it fired him after this season. So State would have to pay one point five million a year for the next three years to Zach Arnett. That in and of itself is cheap. And listen. I keep seeing people saying, that Bracky Brett
1: screwed us, Mark Keenum. No, 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 no. We're about to change this, your opinion on this
0: that. This is the reason they did not screw you. This is the, we're going to change your opinion on that. Also, unlike some other college coaches, Billy Napier is one of them, There's no Arnett's clause has a mitigation clause. Mm-hmm. So let's say that Arnett, Mississippi State decides to move on, and then a month later, because Arnett would be in demand as a defensive coordinator, I'm just going to throw a school out there, right? I don't know what they're doing. I'm just going to throw their name out there. But let's say that USC, they're going to need a defensive coordinator. Yeah, They call them and they're like, we, we want to hire you. We'll pay you a million dollars a year. 3 we give, we, give you, we give you a three-year deal for a million dollars a year. Now Mississippi State only has to give him $500,000 a year. Right. $1.5 total for three years. That is chump change. Yep. Yeah. So... When we say that you, if you're a person who's like, oh, Dr. Keenum and Bracky Brett, they really screwed the pooch on this. No. What they just did was, in case this plane goes down, they put the parachutes in here. Yep. That is a parachute clause. That is, Zach, we hope it works out, but if it doesn't, we can walk away after a year and not have to kill ourselves to do it. And I don't understand why
1: people didn't see that initially. You're paying this guy significantly less than basically everybody in the league like we all knew going into this that it was kind of a one year trial period and then reassess mm-hmm. it it was you know it, i don't think it was ever a you know this is a you know three year four year period and then mm-hmm. we'll we'll figure it out from there they put this stuff in place because Zach Arnett – you have to.
0: You had to, you had to take – I mean, to you t- have to be completely brain-dead. to dead give yourself to,
1: precautions. You do, because if Zach Arnett is a total failure, which we hope he's not – You can't lock into that for not, three you years, You cannot though. have that situation, have yeah. to pay him, and then have to pay big money for a coach. So what you've done essentially here is if, if Zach Arnett does not work out this season, you had a guy that kept everything together in the midst of – immeasurable like, turmoil. Mm-hmm. He kept it all together. He gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work, mm-hmm. thank you so much for everything that you've done, but we have to move forward. Yeah. We have to find somebody that's going to – we're in the one of the most competitive eras of football. We cannot allow cannot ourselves. ourselves. So what you've done is we give this guy his money. It's not going to break the bank. And we can also go spend some good money on a coach because – as of this moment you're paying him just over three million dollars a year. You're gonna have to pay him that for the rest of his contract or whatever, but he gets a big time job, you get a little bit of that, that money off. So it's a um it was I thought, you know, it it was handled as well as you could possibly handle it now that we've seen the full structure of the contract, you should have a lot more respect for Mark Keenum and Bracky Brett for handling that the way that they did. Yeah because that was an impossible situation but they handled it with enough with enough uh resolve I guess and not you know jumping the gun and or whatever and and Zach Arnett, too Zach, Zach Arnett had, and his agent had to agree to that yeah and he basically said I realized the situation I
0: think I think Arnett bet on himself yeah he he's did he's like you know cuz I'm pretty sure there had to be some sort of you know unwritten agreement handshake agreement of Look, if you go out there this year and you go eight and four, nine and three, we'll tear this up. Yep. We'll start over. We'll give you five, six million a year. Exactly. We'll go from there. And you're going, and you were going to make, you know, what a, a mill and a half.
1: What was he making as DC?
0: Like one, yeah, one and a half, I think. So
1: you you've, you doubled, you've your doubled your salary. salary. Yeah. You, know, you did get obviously a pretty big jump, but. You double your salary salary for one year. If it doesn't work out, you okay. go become a defensive coordinator, make a mill plus somewhere, and get another else. meal from Mississippi. If State. it does work out, you're going to be making six million next year. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I want to make it clear, I do. Again, I do not think Andy is putting this in that story without knowing this is a possibility. Correct. Because you, like I said, you do not. Have first-year coaches in these hot board articles very rarely. I so, can't imagine. Yeah, I don't know if it's coming from Selman's people. I don't like I the don't only way you would have that
0: is if you were at a big, big, big program. Yeah, like let's say Sarkeesian year one at Texas was zero and five. Mm-hmm. They would put them in that article. Venable's
1: Ven- last year. I, Venables I last thought year. he was in trouble.
0: Yeah, exactly. But because you know, they're at those kind of programs, Mississippi State. Andy, Andy knows something that we don't know. So, what, what is your
1: baseline for Zach Arnett? Probably you probably need to move on, or Zach Arnett is safe.
0: I think if he gets to a bowl, he's, he's safe. Same here. Six and six, it, it would be difficult to, to say. Same here. Yeah. Losing
1: record, is going to be tough. And then four and eight, 0 and eight in the SEC.
0: Yeah, that, that, it's going to be tough to move it's forward. Really t- it's going to be tough to move forward. You got to go with that. I think. Yeah. So, it's like four and eight. Yeah, he's gone. Six and six. Yeah, he's safe. Five and seven. Who's the five? Yeah, obviously, the four of the non-conference. Who's five? Here's what Did I would say. Here's if what I would say Bowl, about probably safe.
1: Here's what I would say about five and seven. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is this is purely hypothetical. <clears throat> this is just we got a mic and we're just talking. Five and seven. If I'm Zach Selman, I'm reaching out to agents and seeing who's available.
0: That's the other thing to consider. That I, I don't think you brought that up is that this is not Selman's hire. Correct. Selman. Has that's been my stance the whole time. Is Selman, Selman can walk in and say, "You aren't my guy. I didn't hire you." Yeah. And I feel like we got to move on. And that's and, not and that is an
1: that's the ultimate that's the ultimate uh, you know get out of jail card, I guess you could say. Yeah. Is he can say to a to another coach because there's going to be a coach out there that says this guy has lasted one year. Well, Selman goes into that guy's living room and says, "I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. I didn't make this hire." Yeah. We have, we do have high expectations, but you know, you are also more qualified than
0: Zach yeah. Barnett was. And you know, people go get on these ideas of, well, you know, if we fired him, then nobody else will want that. a guy who making a million dollars a year wants a job that pays him 5 million dollars a year. Yeah. All right. At the end of the day,
1: you you might not get the big-time coach that you want. Right. But well, there's going to be somebody that's looking to jump from the group of five to the I mean SEC. when you're
0: talking about I can make five times my salary in one year. I mean if you make five million dollars if you're and, and if if Selman hires a coach, he's gonna get at least two seasons, right? So yeah. you're gonna make ten million dollars. That's enough money to set you up for life. You don't have to do anything else again. Yeah. If you don't want to. You're just, just you're looking
1: will- you're looking at a situation here next season for Mississippi State where you're losing a ton of experience and leadership mm-hmm. and the, I, I get it. A lot of those guys are not performing up to snuff right now, but you got guys like Jet Johnson and Nate Watson, and um, you know guys like that that are holding this defense Deep.
0: together. That's one thing. I'm those interested guys are in. gone. One thing I'm interested in is if they do move on, you have to get a dynamic recruiter because yeah. you, got, you got to get somebody who really wants to work the portal. Like I'm well, not
1: saying you got to get Lane
0: Kiffin. Well, that got to well, I mean, you who go get like that.
1: You either go get somebody that is. Out of a job right now, mm-hmm. that's retired, that might be itching to get like a.
0: Are you talking about Urban Meyer? <laughs> no, go ahead.
1: But you know, like a a guy like you know how Ben Hallen was. Yeah, Ben Howland came Ooh, in.
0: That's a bad example.
1: I I, I hate to but I, 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 I don't hate sure, to that I example, to say. but just that kind of that kind of guy. So who's that guy? If it's not because not Meyer, Meyer's not
0: coming to Mississippi State.
1: No, but I don't know. Um... Yeah, you know what I'm what I'm saying you know what is, my first
0: thought is, go hit FAU the same way uh, Ole Miss did. Go get Tom Herman.
1: You try to get a bounce back. Yeah, get, I don't know your, what he's doing getting at opportunity FAU again. Here, though I don't know what he's what they're yeah. doing on there.
0: I, it's, he he scares me. He does. Yeah. Um, but you, you say that? Okay. I was looking at his record the other day. So, well, we were really out there. By the way, we're sitting there. We've we're already right. we not only have we gotten rid of Arnett, now we've hired Tom, Tom Herman. This, this Call is us, Zach. <laughs> uh, so Herman at, at Texas. First off, at Houston, he's he's twenty two and four at Houston. All right, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Then he goes to Texas. I, so, was, I just think
1: expectations got to him. Well, he was
0: he got he went seven and six his first year, cleaning up all of Charlie Strong's mess. Mm-hmm. Then he goes ten and four and wins the Sugar Bowl, finishes in the top ten. The next year they took a step back. He was eight and five. They were seven and three in twenty twenty. Now I know they played. I think they played an all Big Twelve schedule or whatever. I'd have to go back and look, but let's yeah, see. I would take that all day. Actually, but I mean, yeah, like what what was their their schedule that year? They they could, they, they lost to TCU, they lost to Oklahoma, and they lost to Iowa State. All of those teams were well. No, I guess were they not? They were, they finished the season ranked. They were seven and three, and they played, and in, in, in the Big Twelve, I guess they were. Four and three? Five and three? Six. I guess they were six and three. They played one non-conference game. So, I mean... No, I would take that. You would take that. Plus, this guy was at Ohio State. He's one and that. three at Florida Atlantic. Okay, so that's not great. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know what Florida Atlantic was this year. Isn't, they, isn't he cleaning up after Willie Taggart? Nor Ask Mike Norvell how long that takes. Willie Taggart was there? Yeah, didn't Taggart go to FAU? Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure Willie Taggart was at FAU right after he went to Who? Florida State. I thought he was at South Florida. No, he, no, no, that's not right. He was at South he was Florida. A, he he was. He was at South he was Florida a, before he went to Oregon. He went to Florida, Florida Atlantic after Florida State fired. So at Florida, why, at why F- are people continuing to hire him at FAU? He was four, five and four, five and seven, five and seven. Why why do people keep hiring this guy? His his coaching record is seventy one and eighty. He's a good recruiter.
1: He had one good season so You bring him in as, you bring him
0: in as an offensive coach. You bring him in as – let him coach your quarterbacks or something. Golly,
1: Jeez. why do people keep doing that, no. man? All right. But, yeah, I mean, like somebody like that, group of five, um, yeah. that kind of person. I mean – it's just like Ole Miss. Like Ole Miss was never going to hire a big time coach yeah. when they hired Lane Kiffin. They took a chance they took on a Lane chance Kiffin, on him,
0: and it's worked. Yeah, it's worked to this point. So.
1: You got to get somebody that is a you know a guy that is. Do you go super do, relatable? Do you go against,
0: I was going to ask you. Do you just sort of go against the grain? Get somebody. Do you get somebody who's flashy? Do you get somebody who like you know we've said about Arnett and we said it about Moorhead. Like culturally, such a good fit. Do you go find a guy you're like that guy doesn't fit at all, but he knows how to win football games. Like who would be an example of that? Ah, Wayne Giffin. Yeah, who
1: who is out there that's available like that? It would have to be somebody like in the somebody
0: young group of five. Well, no, no, just somebody young. But I mean, there's there's offensive coordinator. Or, I'm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, somebody like that. I feel like you have to get somebody
1: stable. If if this doesn't work out with Arnett. who's
0: Ohio State's offensive coordinator?
1: Uh, is it um.
0: I mean, I know Day is probably calling the play. Hartline is Hart. Yeah, I think guy's a good recruiter too. Brian Hartline yeah, is I his might, name. That's the guy to look at. Is that their OC? I think so. All right, he's he's on. I you know he's on the staff there. Brian Hartline. Brian Hartline is the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Okay, thirty six years old too. Young. Yeah. See, now we're now we're talking. But do
1: you? But do you? I mean, you just you, hired a guy that's never been a head coach. Yeah, but
0: I, I feel better about offensive coordinators. I, just, I, just I do. do, too. Mullen but, was an offensive coordinator. Yeah, but so is Joe, Joe Moorhead. Moorhead had been a head coach, too. Yeah, I mean,
1: he was more proven than he was. Mullen. He was. I don't know. I don't know.
0: It's, it's one it's of those deals. It's a discussion for another day.
1: But what I'm saying is, back to the original question that I presented. Yeah. If State's 5-7, and seven, mm-hmm. and I'm Zach Selman, I'm reaching out to people going into the egg bowl. I'm reaching out to peep to agents.
0: Yeah, seeing who, and saying who'd
1: you be because that's what Mississippi State did with Ben Howland. Yeah, agree. And again, you don't go get Ben Hallen, but I am just saying how state worked Man, we, that Ben Hallen was a, I
0: think he'd be a phenomenal head coach. I mean football. Ben Ben
1: Howland had a great track record, but he was out of the business. Right. He was he was doing TV. And what I'm saying is you talk to agents, get in their circle, find out would so and so be if if we if this job opened up, would they be interested? Yeah. And if they say absolutely, you say, Thank you, Zach. Appreciate you. I mean, that's how the business works. It's it's tough, but that's how it works. You you got millions of dollars being thrown around. That's how it works. My hope is that none of that's a possibility. I you know, I, I hope Zach Arnett succeeds. Mm-hmm. I like Zach. I think he do it. We talked about the, the culture fit and all that. That's great. It doesn't matter if you aren't winning games. Mm. But I think that he loves it here. He loves Mississippi State. Mississippi State means a lot to him. He wants to win. He's not, he's not sitting there you know, collecting a check and being happy with it. They came back from South Carolina at like 2 in the morning or something. Mm. They were back in the film room at like 6.37 yeah. o'clock. He's, I mean, he works his butt off. I never, off, doubt, but, I I never mean,
0: doubt coaches work hard. Yeah. I never do. Some Same. of them don't. Some, but, of, some of them don't, but you usually hear about that pretty quick. And it shows up pretty quick, too. But so. y- you got
1: to, if, it's, if this is kind of a disaster here, the second half of the season, that conversation has to be had. Yeah. And I, I think that this this coming out in Andy Staples' report yeah. is not something that is uh, just happenstance. I, I don't think Andy's right. m- right. putting him in there without knowing. You're right. It's at least a possibility. You're right. So. So, hopefully, Zach Arnett gets it done. Yeah.
0: All right. Tomorrow's show is a three piece. You already know the drill. We'll talk about Mississippi State versus Western Michigan in great detail tomorrow. Guys, have a great Thursday. Back with you on Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian. Hey, Dad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi.